I am your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddies? With you, as always, it's Adam. Doing well, man. Wow. How are you? Wow, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to mix it up. I'm doing great. Um, it's a sunny day here in Spokane. The sun's out. Um, you know, we're just... Uh, it's, just, it's, a, it's a beginning of baseball season, you know. It's, it's spring is yeah. spring is spring is springin'. <laughs> it has sprungin'. I finally uh, I finally figured out how to download the MLB.com app on my phone last night, so I could listen to the Mariners while I played video games. And I listened to them for nine innings, and they had one hit. Yes, by by future rookie of the year. So. You know? Yeah, great, great tie-in. Yeah, that is a great tie-in. That brings us to our show today. Um, we are going to do a show on one of our favorite 90s kids sports movies, Thomas Ian Nicholas in Rookie of the Year. Ow! Ow! But let's not get there yet. We need to do a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I wanted to put the lead out. So anyway, that's what we're going to be doing. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But first, Brennan, what do you got? Oh, first I want to you know thank our thank our fans. Our you know we we we're just we're getting a ton of love on uh, the old Facebook for our posts. And uh, oh, thank want to thank Eric Humphrey, Melissa Yepes. I'm gonna murder this, but uh, Mario Venezuela, uh, Will Dombrowski, Robin Taylor Cruz, James G. McCrate, Nessa Tanner, and Casey Zink. Thank you guys so much hey. for, you know, that's just a handful of people that have, you know, liked the post, and, you know, I hope you guys are listening, too. Um, I think what happens on Facebook is people like the post, and then they, you know, maybe they're maybe they're going to come back to the show. Who knows? But I uh, think you, you guys. You know what? We'll take, take what we can get at this point. <laughs> absolutely. And, um, uh, you know. Yeah, we really all... appreciate it. We really appreciate when you guys share our posts and react to our posts and talk about our posts and interact with us. It makes the show very real for us, and it's, it's just great. We love uh, interacting yeah. with you guys. And we even got our first quasi-request last week for a future show, Hey Dude. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but I could do a show on Hey Dude. I've seen it enough. Christine can... Taylor, super, super hot. Yeah, Brad. You know, the girl who has a boy's name who's really hot. That's, like, that's what started the whole like, trend of, like, yeah, you can name girls boy names, but they have to be very attractive to pull it off. I thought but, that Brad girl was so ugly when she was standing next to Christine Taylor. Like, it wasn't even close. That show did her a disservice by casting Christine Taylor alongside her. <laughs> uh, we, yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a show I can, uh, I can talk about. And uh, I, I love that. I mean, another Nickelodeon show, obviously. Yeah, Nickelodeon. All right, so like, they just hit gold with all these shows in the 90s. Anyway, yeah, did we get any emails? We'll get it in check, Adam. Yeah, I did, actually. We got one email um, since last time, so more fan emails good. Please, you can email us at super90sbrothers at gmail.com. 90s is spelled out. Anyway, so today's email reads, and uh, it's another doozy. Brennan, comma, can you ask your wife if I left my big Tupperware in your kitchen? Signed, Brennan's mom. Ah, uh, you know, I think, so, she did leave it. I think she did leave it in my at our house. Okay, uh-huh. well, um, you know, I think your mom 
I don't know that she has your regular email. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why my mom's emailing the show. Like we, she knows how to text, so I don't know why she's emailing me that. Maybe, maybe um, she was doing two birds with one stone. You know, like, well, I should email the show to be nice, but I also need to ask about that Tupperware. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> yeah, I think we have like a a pea salad in it. Um, so. Oh, okay. A pea salad. You like salad? Pea salad. No, I don't like peas. I don't like pea soup. I don't like peas. I don't like pea salad. I don't like. I mean, I guess like peas are okay, like in salads that where they're just like a topping. You know, that doesn't. I'm fine with that. But just a pea salad, like peas, like the centerpiece of the salad. Like who makes that? Who eats that? It's like it's peas, but also has like lettuce in it. It has like onions in it. It has like a really good like um like sauce. Like I mean, like dressing, like it's very, it's very, uh, it's a good salad. It so. does sound awful. Like, have you? Do you like, like, what about pea puree? When it's like puree, does it bother you? You know, I don't know that I've ever had a pea puree. <laughs> hmm. Well. Yeah. You haven't. You haven't years lived. You haven't, world. you haven't lived in yet, Adam. If you haven't had a I, pea that's what I was saying. puree soup. Thirty-three years, I haven't done shit. <laughs> so let's uh let's let's go on to um you know our show. I mean it's baseball season. We already hit on that, but uh you know why should have done this show about two weeks ago when baseball season was like you know really like starting up. I'm already kind of disenchanted with this season <laughs> as I am like the previous twelve seasons. Um, previous, yeah, really. <laughs> but. For those of yeah, you who I mean, don't know, the Seattle we're Seattle Mariners fans, and they have the longest active playoff playoff drought in Major League Baseball at 15 years, or maybe it's 16 now. They haven't been since 01. Yeah. yeah, and they anyway. haven't. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't only been good like a handful of those well, years. They, well, they, yeah, I mean, they haven't really even been close. Like, well, I mean, they were in 2002 and 2003, but then since then they've only been like close, like once or twice. Yeah. And that was to get like that. And that was to get a, that was to get a wild card spot where they get a one playing game. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been. It's I would have. Anyway, happy. so we're gonna. T- so yeah. we're, we're, what we're trying to say is that we have to live vicariously through other teams, and sometimes those teams are fictional, and they have the answers to the problems that we just can't seem to solve as Seattle Mariner fans. And you know, wouldn't it be great if suddenly your team just out of the blue? happened to receive, like, the best relief pitcher in the world who could come and be lights out for you all season long. And that, my friends, is the plot of Rookie of the Year. Ow. Ow. Yeah. Rookie anyway, of the Year. Anyway, so, so it's about this 12-year-old kid, and uh, he's he's kind of a cute kid, but he's he kind of sucks at baseball. Film opens, he's, like, at his little league game, and he's, like, sitting on the bench, and they put him in, and he's, like, kind of an embarrassment. But um, a very weird thing happens to him where he breaks his right arm and they put him in this, this big full arm cast where it's raised up like he's saying to hide everybody all day long. Anyway, and over time, you know, he has to stay in this cast and it kind of shows the kid going through the school year in like a montage. And then, you know, nine months later, whatever it is, they take the cast off and he like slapped the the doctor in the face really hard. And everyone's like, why'd you do that? Anyway, and then he pulls it up again, and he, like, does it again. And anyway, I come to find out, the doc- well, the doctor explanation is that his tendons have healed too tight, 
and that now he's got sort of like this this snap reaction on his arm whenever he tries to use it. And it's just a little unusual. And they don't really think anything of it except, oh, that's kind of unfortunate. I guess we'll, you know, work around it. And then suddenly, like, you see the kid, like, at home with his friends, and he's, like, throwing 100-mile-an-hour heaters right down the middle. And it's like, whoa, check out what this carb can do. Pretty fun, huh? <laughs> it, 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 what, where, where it starts is that after he gets off his cast, he gets tickets to the Cubs game. And, and then he goes to the Cubs game, and the, the opposite team throws, uh, hits a home run, and he gets it. And, you know, tradition in a Wrigley Field is you, you throw back home runs from the opposing team. And then he throws it from basically center field all the way to home plate. And then, like, and then that's how this, that would get, that's what gets in the motion of, you know, the Cubs eventually signing this 12-year-old phenom. Um, yeah, he, he throw, and then the, the announcers are a great part of this movie. John Candy and, like, the one, some kid from Wonder Years are, like, the two announcers. And um, so, so yeah. Thomas... What is the kid? Henry. Henry Rowan Gardner catches, catches his home run, and he throws, like, a, a laser dart from, like, middle of center field right into the catcher's mitt, like a, like a laser. And uh, the announcer's like, somebody just threw a frozen rope all the way from center down to home plate. And, like, the catcher catches the ball, like, unexpectedly, and suddenly the guy who's jogging around the bases has to, like, slide into home, which I don't think is legal, but it was still fun, and you get the idea. And the whole crowd and everyone in the on the – on the baseball field, like, stops dead in their tracks. And they all look at Henry. And, like, Henry thinks he's in trouble, so him and his friends just, like, run away. And then you see, like, the owner of the team go, get me that arm! And that's kind of, like, the point of the movie is, like, now the team has to find who has this amazing arm. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very believable story. Yeah, it has happened to me twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I feel like this. I feel like this movie started like a whole like type of movie where like I mean, it probably existed before Rookie of the Year. I can't think of any movies that were that it was like beforehand, but like where kids become like professional athletes, like 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 Mike stuff like that. But yeah, so let's go over the let's go over. We don't really need to go over the list of characters because there's just really there's only one or two characters that are really like. Uh, there, there's a there's few more, characters. There, there's a very, yeah, there's. Well, let's let's start with. Uh, Let's start with Gary Busey as uh, as no, Chuck let's start with Hen- Stedman. Let's, we'll start with, Hen- you start so with Henry. You start with Henry? I mean, Henry's well, I, kind of the point of the movie. I mean, if people haven't seen the movie, we should start with Henry. Okay, let's start with Henry, then. If you haven't seen the movie, let's start with Henry. All right, go ahead, Brennan. Or do you want to so do Hen- that? Well, we kind of already figured, we already kind of explained it. He's a, he's a nerdy kid. He starts at baseball. He, you know, he wants to be cool, but he's not, he's not very cool. He has two really loyal friends that he, like, you know, hangs out with all the time. And um, and what happens? He, like, breaks his arm, and then he gets... And then, long story short, he gets into this whole whirlwind of becoming a um, a major league pitcher. Um, I mean, I would yeah, like so, to... So the Cubs, so the Cubs track him down, and he, he, uh, he has a, a single mom and that he lives with, but she's got kind of, like, this, like, douchey boyfriend named Jack, I think. And uh, and Jack is like, wh- what I love about Jack is that he drives that little tiny car. I can't the Mazda Miata. It was a Mazda Miata. Oh, was it a Miata? 
Yeah. And he, like, couldn't, he couldn't really fit in it. He was always kind of, like, falling in and out of it. It was just this funny sight gag, and they never really talk about it. You just constantly see him falling in and out of his tiny little car. And Jack's kind of a sleazeball, you can tell. I mean, he's kind of set up that way. And Jack mm-hmm. sees this whole thing as some sort of cash grab for him, where he's going to be... He's going to be Henry's agent, and he's going to steer Henry the way he wants him so he can get money. And, of course, you know, money's the root of all evil, and that's, that's kind of the antagonist in the story is sort of his stepdad who, who wants to steer Henry afoul. And Henry just wants to play for the Cubs because he's in Chicago and he's a Cubs fan, you know, and that's, and that's kind of cool. And then, and then the other kind of driving force is, is um, the GM, I think. I think he's like the GM, or he's like, yeah, he's, Dan Hedaya. Dan Hedaya, yeah. He plays uh, Larry the Fish Fisher. And, you know, there's a arc in the movie where they're like, they want to trade Henry, like, the New York Yankees. And, and anyways, and that's, long story short, like, that's, and so there's two of them. They're kind of working together to kind of, like, get this and, to and happen. And that's, that's, like... That's the overarching threat really going on, but the story's kind of about how Henry joins this this hapless baseball team, not unlike the Seattle Mariners, and he suddenly with his uh the way he injects his youth and his fun loving attitude and good and you know, good nature, he sort of helps right the ship of the whole team. Not only does he come in and pitch lights out and get everybody out that he faces pretty much, and strike and like all these great cameos in this movie, like striking out Barry Bond striking out Bobby Bonilla, striking out, like, big-time, like, National League batters of that era that came in. I think, uh, it was really... Uh, I think Ozzy, Ozzy Smith, too, I'm, like, that was a... Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but... Uh, and, and, and so he's got to turn the team around. It's like every baseball movie you've ever seen. Like, they kind of suck at the beginning. And then, like, they get some new player, and they kind of, like, rally around this guy's new attitude, a la, you know, Kelly and Bad News Bears a la Wild Thing in, you know, Major League. It's like the same formula, except Henry's the catalyst. This little 12-year-old that can throw heat. as a, And it, what's fun is that he's just a relief pitcher. He's not a starting pitcher, so he, they get to bring him in at, like, whatever fun times of the game. And there's this one really cool scene where he strikes everybody out, then he goes down to the dugout, and the manager, who's kind of goofy, he's like, and he always calls him by the wrong name. So his name is Rowan Gardner, and the manager's like, Rulin Fruta. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, you ready for another inning? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, good, you're on deck. And he's like, what? And then, like, there's this fun scene where Henry has to go up and bat. And, like, he doesn't have a strike zone. And the pitcher's, like, <laughs> bitching about it. And so Henry walks on four pitches. And then he's, like, taunting the pitcher, calling him fat and saying he has stuff in his nose. And he, like, draws a wild pitch. And Anyway, it's super fun. It's just a fun movie. I mean, it's not very realistic. But it's a good kid's movie. It's warm-hearted. I always thought it was well done, and you know I I like it. I I could still watch it today, but yeah, this, so he yeah, makes so, he makes oh, the baseball ahead. team better. He makes the baseball team better, really. At the end yeah, of the day. exactly. And and so a lot and along the way, he, along the way, he meets you know his like his not idol. I mean, I, I guess he maybe it might be his idol, but he meets that. No, he was he, he was his like favorite player. Okay, yeah, this aging pitcher, uh, Gary Busey, Chet's, uh, who plays Chet's Chet Sedman. And um Chet is kind of a cold like pitcher. He's has like he, he can't pitch anymore, but he's still in the league. And um He's got he like shoulder like, problems. Yeah, exactly. Shoulder problems, drinking problems, you, you name Bitter. it. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and 
Yeah, Henry always how, refers to yeah. fastballs as cheese. And you give him the cheddar, the high, stinky, you know, Gouda, or whatever. <laughs> that's funny. The, probably my favorite scene in the, in the movie is when Chess said you have to go out to the mount, like, where the coach is just like, like, Go out and talk to him, Chet. You you know him better than I like than I do, and whatever. And so Chet goes out there, and he has like this this long like conversation with Henry about the have to, and like and like I can't. I wish I could. Maybe I should like maybe I should like put it in the middle of here, just so you can remember how ridiculous it is. But it was probably one of my favorite scenes. And like him and Henry just have like once they become like buddies and they're like traveling together, they become like really. Good friend. It was, becomes, good it, was, it was a good chemistry between like a twelve-year-old kid and uh, and like a forty-year-old actor. Like, and, a, and Gary Busey, nonetheless, was like was probably very like I don't know. I, I thought it was, one, it was of, one of Busey's better roles. I thought actually. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a definitely. It, it was. A, I don't know. This is. I probably watched this movie like a year ago. I, I probably watch it like once every year. It's always on like TV, like around. The beginning of baseball season, and uh, it's just yeah, like you said, it's just such a fun, fun, simple movie that's like it's still kind of intricate. Um, he becomes he becomes Henry's father figure. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Henry Henry doesn't have a dad, and that and that's kind of like a story too. In fact, yeah. there's some weird story where like Henry thinks his dad was like a a baseball player, but in the end, it was like his mom. His dad wasn't a baseball player. His mom was, and I. I never really <laughs> – oh, my God. So, what – you remember – there was some, like uh, – there was some funny nickname that uh, Daniel Stern – so, Daniel Stern is in it, and he's the pitching coach. So, he, mm-hmm. he kind of is in charge of, like, Henry and, and Chet Stedman. And I can't remember his name, but Daniel Stern also directed the movie. I don't Brick, know if you knew that. Brick, yeah, I did. Brickma. Brickma. Okay. Yeah. So, Coach Brickma – is Daniel Stern. He, he's a little over the top, honestly. Like, the, the movie's kind of silly, but Brickma's, like, especially silly. He's, like, always, like, choking on, like, sunflower seeds or trapping himself inside a batting cage somehow. You know, he, he, he's always... Oh, no, at one scene, he, like, traps himself in between two hotel room doors. Mm-hmm. You know how, like, there's doors that go... He, like, traps himself. Anyway, um... But he tells this one story... Uh, to Henry, like, the floater pitch, I haven't seen that since, we, like, Stinky Teats McGee or something like that. Do you remember that part? I, I, I remember. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that the, so, what's that so the, the, the end of the movie, right? Isn't, isn't it at the end of the movie? Yeah, it's, toward, it's, it's towards the end, and uh, Brickma goes, the floater pitch, I haven't seen that since Stinky Teats McGee. Anyway, and then later in the movie, Henry has this, like, baseball glove that he thought belonged to his dad. And he, like, removes this piece of tape on it, and, like, written under the tape is his mom's name. And he, like, looks at his mom in the stands, and he's like, it was you? And she's like, it was me, saying, like, I was the baseball player. And I remember watching this movie with my friend. We were, like, 10 or 11. And my friend goes, wait, so she was Stinky Wheats McGee? And I (laughs) (laughs) I remember, like, dying laughing. like, no. (laughs) She played baseball. I think she played soft. I think she played softball. I think that was like yeah, a point softball. of like. So at the end, so at the end of the movie, like they're playing for the pennant, and um, 
I think they're playing for the pennant. Or they're playing yeah, so for they're, they're, the they're, they're playing, yeah, to win the division. To win the division, and and so and so Henry runs out onto the field, and he's like, everyone's like getting really excited, and he trips on a baseball, like how he how he originally broke his arm, um, and he trips on the baseball, and then all of a sudden he he loses his power, and so he has to strike, and he has to strike out the player that. Um, that the big, mean, a, a, a batting big, champion he, guy. Exactly. And then, long story short, he, like, throws a floater, and the guy strikes out to it. So That's a great, yeah. like, sequence, that whole scene where, like, he – there's, like, a hidden ball trick sequence in there where, like, he gets the guy out on first, and then mm-hmm. – I can't remember – I can't remember how the big, mean guy got the first strike. But oh, the he second hit, strike, he, 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 he hit, like, a 480-foot foul home run. I feel like they both were. I feel like it was like two foul balls. Were there? I don't know. I don't Maybe. know. I don't know. But I mean, no, no, it was a changeup. It was a changeup. Because they totally fooled him with a changeup. You don't remember that? Oh, John can't because he throws it, and that's when he can't can't pitch anymore. Like that's when he realizes, and he gets the changeup. And so yeah, and yeah. then he throws it in there again, and then so but he hits it. He hits at 500 feet, but it's just foul. And so now he's got him with two strikes, and he, he throws the floater pitch, and the dude just whiffs on it, and that's the game. And Henry wins the pennant. Even though his arm talent is gone, he's just a little kid again, but he helped the team win the pennant, and now he knows that his mom is, you know, a baseball player. She's his idol, not his dad. He doesn't need his dad. So, you know, there's this whole thing. You know, I, my parents divorced when I was growing up, but so there's this whole thing about, like, you don't need your dad. You know, your mom is strong. It's a good message in there about, like, him and his mom are close throughout the whole movie, and they don't need the stepdad. She breaks up with the stepdad. She finds out she's tr- he's trying to move them to New York, and they're like, you know, F you. We're Chicago Cubs. We didn't agree to this. You're not his dad. You can't do that. You know, and, like, the family unit prevails. And, that, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a nice ending. Absolutely. Like, yeah, there, there's – and then and then at the end, he he's, like, playing baseball and, like, in the like, Little League again, and he, like – and then they win the game off – Something I don't know. He, they win the game. He, he, and he lifts, no, he, he brings lifts, he brings a homer back over the fence. Like he's playing center, oh, and he jumps up, the home run ball over the fence, and brings it back. And he's like, I got it! And then he runs out, and they all celebrate, and that's the end. Yeah, but then he lifts up his hand, and the Cubs had won the World Series with yeah. He him. has a ring. Yeah, yeah, and he has a and he has a ring, which is totally unbelievable because like they couldn't have won without him. Yeah, he was their best player. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for being a baseball movie, like, I don't remember, like, the baseball scenes were, like, few and far between. Like, they had, like, you know, a couple when they, like, he came into the game. But, like, other than that, like, it was mostly, like, the the stories focused on, like, Henry's, like, friendships with his, like, I mean, Henry's relationships with, like, everyone. Like, his friends, his mom, with Chet Sedman, with, uh, and then with, like, some girl, like, who was. Oh, who was oh actually, yeah, yeah. Who is actually in Mighty uh, the girl from the the goalie from Mighty Ducks uh, two and three, um, yeah. Julie the cat, and um, but yeah, what, what, so, yeah. What, so, so what's your what's your biggest takeaway from this movie? Well, I, I just want to say that Henry had to also be a kid, you know, even though he was like pitching, he was like the star pitcher for the Cubs. He was still a twelve year old kid. And he still had friends. He still had a little crush. So, like, him and his friends, like, are working on this boat that they, like, found throughout the whole movie, and they finally, like, find a motor, and they hook it up, 
and they take all the little girls out on a boat, and they, like, you know, they're just, they get to be kids. But then, like, the fame and success, like, kind of goes to Henry's head a little bit. Like, there's this one scene where he's, like, doing this Pepsi commercial in a tuxedo, and there's, like, these three, like, like 30-year-old, like, actress model women, like, fawning all over him as he, like, plays the piano, singing about how much he loves Pepsi Cola, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, his hair is all slicked back, and his friends, you know, they get a little jealous, but they also kind of get sick of Henry's attitude and always kind of blowing him off. And so he has a little spat with his friends, and, and you know, Henry has to come back to Earth, you know, and remember that he's just a person and, you know, it's just some fluke accident. So there's, like, good messages in there, too, about, like, you know, be true to yourself, you know, keep your friends, you, you know, remember who your real friends are, stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, let's, um, talk about the, let's talk about the inconsistencies in this movie. <laughs> uh, let's talk about how, you know, if Henry ever actually did go pro when he was 12 years old, which couldn't ever happen in Major League Baseball. Like, this wouldn't be possible. Uh, he would also give up his eligibility to ever play, like, any, like, amateur sports ever again. Like, I feel like that's kind of lost on what's really going on in this movie. Like, adults oh my taking, God, a, you're, adults you're, taking you're advantage so, of... You're, <laughs> you're so lame, Brennan. I can't, I can't believe you complained about that. You know... If he actually played Major League Baseball, he wouldn't be able to play amateur sports. It's like, come on. It's a movie. It's a movie. You have you, to suspend some belief. You, you, you always pick apart, like, like you always pick apart yeah. football movies when, when like, there's, like, an illegal play in it. I do about the football in it. Yeah, the football. Not these BS. Like, who cares about amateur rules and how it would affect? Like, you're right. If, you're right. I, I don't like in football movies when they do illegal plays or plays that would never work. Or I, I don't like that. You're right. But, I mean, that it didn't happen here, except you know, you could argue that that floater pitch would never work, but, you know, whatever. That's true. Uh, one of my biggest takeaways from this from the movie is, like, it was it came out in 1993, um, and I – it was it was a humongous movie. I probably saw it in the theaters. It wasn't humongous, I guess I should say. It was, But it was a good – you know, a good summer family movie. Um, funny story is, the year before, the year it came out was the year before me and my family moved to Chicago. So we moved to Chicago for like nine months. And I was just like, my parents told me, hey, we're going to move to Chicago. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, we're going to move to Chicago. This, like, I'm going to be able to like, I can go, we'll be able to go to a Cubs game, go to like, see the Bulls play, stuff like that. Well, the summer I moved there, was 19, the summer of 1994. And if, any, if anyone knows, if anyone can remember, 1994 okay. was the year of the strike, the baseball oh. strike. And I never got to go see the Cubs play in Wrigley Field. <laughs> it was also the summer of OJ. It was the summer of OJ. It was the summer of OJ. It was, uh, yeah. And, like, that was, like, definitely the biggest sports story going on was, uh, was OJ Simpson. Um but uh, but I did get to see Michael Jordan wear 45, so that was kind of cool. But uh, but yeah, like oh, I'm sorry I didn't get a go. But like I feel like the movie was like every kid's dream. Like this was that was like, this is what kids fantasize about, and that was like kind of like I feel like what originated the story is just like what if a kid could go play in the major leagues? And I feel like I had those types of like dreams like when I was a kid. Like I wanted to go play 
I wanted to go play for the Mariners. I wanted to go, you know, be a pitcher, and I always thought, like, how cool that would be. And uh, it definitely, like, it's one of those kids' movies, like, that I just don't feel like these movies are made anymore. Like, they just, they don't, I don't know what, what why Hollywood stopped making it. They just don't make enough money. But, um, yeah, well, I'll tell you one reason is all the, the foreign markets are a big deal for how films are packaged these days. Everybody wants to be able to sell part of, get some money from foreign markets. And, like, baseball doesn't translate to a lot of foreign markets. That's one answer. I mean, also, like, American comedies, a lot of them don't transfer very well to foreign markets, too. So that's why you're seeing a lot less <clears throat> American comedies. And the ones that do come out are just very, like, like slapstick. They're, they're like, insult and, you know, they're, they're very sophomoric and amateurish. And they're they're very much just trying to capture like a few different markets within American society versus like the old days of of just all kinds of different comedies that were just trying to capture one market in American society. Like those don't get made anymore. Nobody wants to to limit how much money they can make by doing that. So they they do these you know franchises. They they reboots and. Um, sequels and remakes and all, all this crap they know they have like built-in sales already it helps with the packaging for the for the financial distribution but it's bad for the art and like most people's opinion it's bad for the craft because you see less original stories and you see people taking much less risk right well, i mean i guess that I mean, it makes sense but it, i guess they save these type of movies now for like made for tv movies which you don't get to see and don't have the you know, production value that like these movies like mighty ducks Rookie of the year, like little big we has. Like, but um, what do you think about this? Like, do you think this movie should? I mean, do you think it could get remade? Do you think it probably you know, not? One thing, I, one thing I realized about this movie that you know a lot of successful like kid movies did is that it never was like really bastardized. Like, it was they never came out with like rookie of the year part two. Like, they didn't like it never even like had like a, a it never had like a movie like a a video release, like a, a, a sequel video release, you know, like some like some of these movies do, or like what they did with Mighty Ducks. Oh, dude, you know, I just I just thought of a good like Rookie of the Year sequel. It's like okay. the same story, but it's some other kid, and he breaks his legs, and his tendons feel tight, and it makes him run like really fast, and he he gets on his favorite team, the Seattle Mariners, as like a like a late inning pinch runner. <laughs> and all he ever does is like steal bases, but then like the time comes, you know, we're like somebody gets hurt and he's and he's got a he's a defensive substitute in like the ninth inning a lot, but then like the other team ties the game, so he's got to come into bat a few times. So he, he's like a bunt specialist because he just tries to leg it out all the time. Could be fun. <laughs> a slap hitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, a little slappy. <laughs> um, I feel like if that is like. You could become like a sprinter. Like that might be like a, you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. That'd probably be a little better. But, but uh, shut up, you know. Yeah. Rookie of the year. Um, Sophomore of the I mean, year. As, as like, I mean, we'll probably cover all these like these all these kids sports movies over the you know as we're doing this show. But like, as it stands, like, where do you like rank like rookie of the year on like with other like no, rookie, kids movies? You rookie think of the year. Yeah, Rookie there's at the top, you know, one of the tops of my, like, favorite sports movies of all time. Like, it's in my top, probably, like, you know, top, like, 15 sports movies ever. And as a kid movie, you know, it's probably, like, top three, top five. Like, I've always really enjoyed it. I think it's really fun. I think it's funny. 
Like, I can rewatch it, and I still find it just fun and funny. And I like movies that are fun and funny. And I yeah. I want to get back to the, the manager, who's kind of this funny black guy, and he, <laughs> how he always, called, he always called Henry by the wrong name. And that was like a running joke with me and my sister growing up. It was always like, Garden Hosa, Ruling Fruta, you know, Hosenbagger. We would call each other that all the time. But <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it, that was a, I mean, it happened the entire movie, and then at the very end, the last time he calls them to go into the for the the, the game clinching playoff game uh, was when he actually called them by the right name. And uh, he goes Rowan Gardner, and Henry goes, "What did he call me?" <laughs> yeah, but the, I yeah, this was a a great, great, great kids movie. It brings back a lot of like. Good memories. I probably watched this movie like we probably had it on VHS, and I probably seen it like fifty plus times. And uh, wow, that's a lot. I I probably seen it like fifteen, twenty times. I had it on VHS too, and I saw it in the theater by myself when I was a kid. Oh wow! How did you how did you swing that? Well, it was summer, as you said, and I had to like um, I was like we didn't really have day, a daycare center, and my mom was working at this jewelry store in the mall. And, like, I used to go with her and, like, hang out, like, at the jewelry store in the back where, like, nobody could see me and I would do stuff. But then I would get bored, you know. So there was, like, this little movie theater in the mall. And when there was, like, kids' movies, she would just give me money to say, hey, Adam, why don't you just go see a movie, you know, to help, you know, kill some time until my shift's over. And, of course, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. There was, like, food court. Those were, like, actually some fun days. Um, but it was certainly better than hanging out at the jewelry store. <laughs> no, no wonder you're so independent, Adam. I mean, your your parents were letting you go see movies by yourself when you were like nine years old. <laughs> oh yeah, we we could get into more of that, but it's not really the time or the place. But um, <laughs> I I do like uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, are there any other characters we missed that we should go over? I, I can't really think of any. But I mean, there, I mean, there, no, I, mean, mean I think we hit, we hit the big ones. I mean, there is like obviously I I can't really think of anything. I mean, like John Candy. This is um oh we shouldn't mention. Sure. This was John Candy's like final role. Like this is the last movie he was ever in, because um, I think he, I believe John Candy died in 1993. Um, or I thought it was like, Canadian Bacon, but maybe not. Maybe it was Canadian Bacon. I don't. I don't. I, it was one of his. It was one of his final roles. It might have been the one that like the last one he ever filmed. Um, yeah, but, it was definitely uh, one of his fat. His his and you know as. Kids who were born in the mid '80s, John Candy was in like every good comedy that we saw. Like he was right. just this super. I mean, most people have seen most of these movies, but everyone like likes John Candy. He's like he was one of these like universally well received funny guys for some reason, you know? Yeah, definitely. It was, and I thought I really thought it was, uh, you know, he was a big actor at the time. Like he was, you know, John Candy. He was like, and I always thought it was weird that like he took all these. Not, I don't think it's. I wasn't, didn't think it was weird as a kid, but I think it's weird now. Like, he took all these, like, small, like, supporting roles where he, like, played these, like, characters. Like, in Home Alone, he played, like, he played a very minor character. And then in this, he, like, he probably never even saw any of the other actors. You know, he's probably just, like, reading. Yeah. He's probably, you know, he's, he's just reading it and reacting to plays that aren't really happening. But, like, he really, like, ties, like, he's really, like, the narrator of the film. Like, because he's, He's there, though. I mean, you hear him the whole time, and, like, I just think it was a really cool performance by, like, John Candy, like, in a a good final performance. Um, I do, yeah. At the time, like, though, it was 1990, 
uh, three when it came out. Like Harry Carey was still um, Harry Carey was still the announcer of the the Cubs, <laughs> and uh, and I, you know, I wonder if they ever well, Bobby, they tried to. I wonder if they ever tried to get Harry Carey to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder so if Bob, that was Bob. Bob Uecker's role in Major League was, like, great. Like, everybody loved the announcer in Major League, and I think they were trying to tap into some of that. And I remember when the, when the Indians, when the actual real Cleveland Indians made the playoffs a couple years later, they, like, brought Bob Uecker in to be, like, their color man in the playoffs. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, anyway. And it, uh, and it, and it shouldn't go unmentioned that, like, the, the Cubs, you know, they did win their first World Series, like, last year, and, like, you know, Cubs were always, like, yeah. the, the laughing, like, they and were really the, the goat of the major leagues for, you know, such a long time, and, the, you know. Theo Epstein, big Rookie of the Year fan, probably. Probably a huge Rookie of the Year fan. <laughs> they probably watched that movie before they won the World Series, you know? Yeah, really. They're like, as their all, motivation, they're like, we need to... We need to inter- channel our inner Chet Stedman and our inner Henry Rodengartner. They did it. Yeah. We can do it, too. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know that we have anything else we should say. I, I would I would remind us, I would remind all our fans that we are on iTunes. Uh, we would love it if you would get on your iTunes, find us, uh, search for Super 90s Brothers, and give us those five-star reviews. Um, the more of those we get, the more um, searches we pop in on, so we can get we can build our fan base. Maybe we can get a few sponsors. We can do more shows. We get more you know lights and graphics. That'd be fun. So it's all kind of synergetic, and we'd really appreciate your help doing that. And all you got to do is get on your iTunes, find us, and give us a five star review. It'd mean a lot to us. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of synergetic, um, we'll have one more show um, next week. But then I'm I'm going down to San Francisco and I'm going to see Adam in person. So we're going to have a, a live, not a live show, but we're going to be like in the same room together doing this show. And we have some ideas for what that show is going to be. And uh, so stay tuned. Um, what are we doing next week, Adam? Do you know? Uh, thank you for asking, Bernard. I was <laughs> I'm trying to look it up in our like text message stream because we we had settled on oh sliders. We're doing sliders. Oh, we're going to do sliders. Oh, yeah. Great. The 1996, like, it's not really time travel. It's like a, like a alternate paradigm rea- warping. Yeah, alternate yeah. reality, Al- like. Um, alternate universe. Year. Yeah. Yeah. Alternate universe warping show where every episode, these people, they, they find themselves in some new crazy alternate universe and they have to, like, get out in the nick of time. But at first they've got to, you know, solve some problem usually. Anyway, it was it was a fun like kind of sci-fi show, very popular in the mid '90s. And we're gonna be talking about the pros and cons of Jerry O'Connell's crappy brother Charlie and uh, everything else that has to do with sliders next week. But this has been another fun episode of Super '90s Brothers. I'm Adam Pitzler for Bernard Pointer. This has been uh, a great podcast. Please reach out to us. We'll catch you all next week.